It's your Saturday morning Slam Master of Ceremonies, Lee, your host this week for Sultans of Slam for July 11th, 2020. It's Saturday. Apologies. Sultans of Slam is a Friday evening podcast. Uh, didn't uh, Stars didn't align uh, last night. Had a uh, quick family gathering and then just kind of felt like taking a load off after a long week. And I knew you all would understand because you're very understanding. Uh, I want to briefly talk about a show on Netflix before we talk about... Uh, AEW Dynamite from uh, July 8th, 2020, Wednesday, Fighter Fest Night 2 from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Before we talk about that, let's talk about a little something uh, that me and my wife watched last night as we uh, panned the streams, so to speak, uh, through the, the Netflixes, the YouTubes, finding the good content to watch on a relaxing Friday evening. And uh, one such thing we had started watching uh, earlier in the week is a show called Floor is Lava, based on the game The Floor is Lava. Uh, and they've they've made kind of a wipeout esque uh, game show around it, and uh, calling it wipeout esque I think is a detriment to it because uh, I'm enjoying the hell out of that show. So very simple concept. They have a tall man with a beard uh, who is your your Bob Saggety narrator, uh, as well as the host of the show who pops in here and there, and his face is all, all over it. He's the only on camera person aside from the contestants. Uh, and the whole thing takes place basically in a gymnasium uh, that they continue to re re furnish uh and they fill it with uh, red liquid or lit up uh hot tub lights or something like that uh the the liquid is hot as far as we know it is meant to be lava uh, and of course if you fall into it or enough of your body does uh you are eliminated the way the show deals with the eliminations though is that person is considered it's a work brother uh that person is considered to have deceased uh the other contestants on their team are to uh, act as if they have uh, they have burnt up in the lava. Uh, it's it, listen, I thought it was going to be like cheesy and, and cringy, and you know, but I, I kept hearing good things. I kept hearing like you know this is the real deal, man. You can uh, it's pre- it's compelling, uh, and and it is. Uh, so the host guy I mentioned before uh, was his name, Ruth Ruthledge Ruth, super wild Dax Harwood Cash Wheeler. Uh, <laughs> holy shit, I can't remember his name. Uh, it listen, it's early, but. I'll, I'll find it before the end of the episode. How about that? And uh, it, he he's likable, uh, makes quite a bit of puns, you know, just doing his job. Uh, the the contestants are any are usually the more cringy ones. Uh, they go from being serious to obviously uh, treating this uh, tongue in cheek. I swear some of the contestants show up completely high uh, to this, uh, but it's it's fun time. So usually it's a group of three, and you have this uh, room filled with the the aforementioned hot tub water, and then a bunch of furniture or fun things, and there's like ropes you can let go to make other things, and basically use anything in the room, and by any means necessary, get from the entrance to the exit. Uh, you are being timed, and then you can uh, score, you know, a total of how many members you have. So uh, later they they put variations uh, on the on the games, wherein it's now two contestants instead of three at a time. Uh, you know, longer runs, uh, less contestants, whatever. Uh, the show's pretty cool. They also do, like, second secondary levels. Uh, so it's like, okay, here's the same course you saw earlier in the show, but we've removed this, we've changed this, and this thing that used to help people now now hinders them, now fucks them up. Uh, listen, I wouldn't have talked about it for three minutes if I didn't think it was worth your time. Check out Floor is Lava if you have a Netflix subscription, and chances are you do, because everybody does, right? Netflix has more money than Disney or whatever now. Um, okay, that's enough about that. 
Mm. I forgot to say one more thing. Uh, so they, as I said before, uh, they when they fall into the lava, they they disappear for good. However, uh, there are many parts in the show where people are making very small jumps. Something you could easily gap with just reaching over your leg, and then they realize it. It's funny. It's kind of like a, like a puppy trying to cross a gap for the first time. Uh, so there's a lot of that, which is great. But there's also people making very very far jumps overshooting things undershooting things and some parts where it's just like i don't think that was entirely what the person who designed the course intended you to do but you did it anyways and there's one in particular that's in the very first episode uh where there's like these uh Moy statues or easter island statues uh and uh there's just a jump from a, a vertical one to a horizontal one and you see multiple people just biff it on this fucking thing uh, first up is like a mom and she takes the worst like stomach bump you've ever seen. There's some parallels to wrestling here. You, you, there's characters that pop up here. There's one, uh, episode where it's like basketballers versus climbers versus something else. Uh, and I was genuinely compelled. I was like, I like all these characters. I want to see them succeed. I was like, Krista, look at these climbers. Look how good they are. Look at their balance. No big deal. They're like goats out there. Uh, and it was, uh, it was great. So I recommend you check that out. It's Saturday morning, it's my show, and I'm by myself. Reed uh, can't can't sustain uh, interest in pro wrestling right now. Uh, he's got UFC. Hopefully he'll come on next week and tell us about this UFC card uh, from from this weekend. Apparently it's a big one. I heard someone tested positive for coronavirus. And, like the flyweight championship is uh, a match, which is the main event, is uh, maybe questionable as of right now. So all the best to the UFC. I hope everybody's safe uh, and, and makes money. Uh, it's, it, listen. Not only the fighters are being paid, everyone's being paid, everybody needs to get back to work. It's, uh, if, if, if it can work, let's do it. But it's got, it's got to be safe. Like hockey's starting up pretty soon. Here we are in Canada and everybody's pretty stoked. Uh, that's going to be like one long playoff. This is going to be great. Uh, they haven't been watching pro wrestling with no crowds. I think it's going to be a rude awakening for many. Baseball, I don't think you'll notice the difference. All right, let's talk about uh, pro wrestling though. That's why we're here. AW Dynamite, July 8th, Wednesday. Fighter Fest Night 2 from Daly's uh, Place in Jacksonville, Florida. JR welcomes us, as he always does. Private Party versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Tag Championship is up first. Private Party comes out accompanied by Matt Hardy. JR mentions that Private Party beating Santana Ortiz last week uh, earned them the shot, uh, which is, of course, what happened. So both Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page are having their second match in the, as, as many weeks as is Private Party. So the champs take control early, and that's kind of the... It, this is not a 50-50 match, uh, and nor should it be. Uh, they toss Isaiah Cassidy out of the ring, feed Quen Chops, uh, Paige and Quen brawl outside the ring, Kenny with a snapdragon on Cassidy. All men in the ring now, exchanging moves. Frantic pace, I have written here. Uh, Omega ha uh, with a double Spanish fly on Private Party, Cassidy attempts to pin a downed Omega, who somehow took himself out during the Spanish fly. Uh, but Omega kicks out, of course. Private Party uh, begins to run wild on Kenny, after Page is dumped outside. That's that's a common Hangman and Page spot. He's dumped outside. We'll forget about him for a bit. Uh, Kenny gets his ass kicked. And then Page makes his triumphant return. And that's fine by me. Uh, Page recovers here. I guess not a lot in the, in the uh, interim. Uh, powerbombs one opponent onto another. Clears Cassidy from the ring. And goes to work on Quinn. Page uh, rolls out of the way. Uh, to dodge a top rope 450 from Quinn. That looked very uh, very pretty from this guy. Man, these guys. The, the acrobatic... Uh, stuff in, in AEW is, is, you know, uh, if you're from the older crowd, apparently that's not what you're looking for. You're not looking for a circus. Uh, I do listen to uh, Doc Young's Wrestling Weekly uh, and listen 
to Les Thatcher on there, and man, could he uh, like this guy could not care less about AEW. He he, he buries Kenny Omega during the podcast. Uh, it's it's a very interesting uh, perspective, um, but the thing I always uh, come back to is just like okay, yes, that that's what was. Uh, we're we're moving into what is now, and this frantic pace, this kind of storytelling, is for me personally more what I'm looking for. Uh, if I want something a little more slow, drawn out, uh, New Japan is great for that as well. Uh, it's it's the hokiness of the storylines in WWE, the the wrestling and stuff like that. I can get over. I can get over that WWE has a style, has more rest holds. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a slower pace, like the, the Randy Orton uh, speed of things. I'm absolutely fine with that. And I love a lot of wrestlers in WWE. would love to see them have matches. I just can't sit through the rest of the show at a certain point. Uh, when we were reviewing it with Andrew there or whatever, uh, it's at a certain, it was, it was too much. Couldn't do it. Uh, and AEW offers me, it takes that stuff out. Now you could say Big Swole, Britt Baker all day long. Uh, it's brief. It's 40 seconds. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. It is entertaining uh, in a hokey, schlocky way uh, that, that's something replicated in WWE like Jeff Hardy throwing piss in Sheamus's face uh, isn't. Anyways, I digress. Big time. Where the hell were we? Cassidy returns to ringside. We get a uh, 2.8 count on Paige after Quinn hits a shooting star press. Also beautiful. Uh, Kenny breaks it up just barely. Avalanche, Liger Bomb on Quinn, V-Trigger on Cassidy. Last call, which is the V-Trigger, Lariat com uh, combo on Cassidy. There's nothing left of the poor boy. One, two, three. The champs retain. Private Party looked uh, scrappy and dangerous. They looked like they, they were very explosive. Glass cannons, if you will. Uh, but they were definitively dominated by the champions here. And that's fine. Uh, this was actually a... Like, listen, uh, I feel like a tag team match like this uh, should always go first in the night, no matter what card you have planned. This goes first. Uh, something like this. Always. Gets everybody fired up. Uh, obviously, if it's going to be like a Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Adam Page, that, that's, a, that's a main event. But uh, something quick like this, I mean, you can build Private Party up on it now. Um... Sure. The the way people get shots, especially at the tag championships in AEW, is a little suspect. And of course, we can mention it now because it's a consistent thing through a whole show. Uh, the refereeing on the show is terrible. And what do I mean by that? Um, there are lots of moments where you're, you're suspending your disbelief watching a wrestling match. And there are rules uh, to a wrestling match. And you're losing the thread on who's the legal man, who tagged who, is the ref paying attention to that? How did this guy just do a move on somebody if he wasn't tagged in? Okay, if you tag in, you get 10 seconds. If you tag your whole team, the whole team gets 10 seconds. The ref's not counting. Uh, that kind of stuff ran uh, rampant in this show, including the main event where the ref is looking uh, almost strictly at Santana as he splashes Orange Cassidy in the face with juice. Uh, and and she, she doesn't eject them. Uh, best friends come for the save. Uh, it was noticeable in this show. I don't know. It was just the frantic pace. The the There was a lot more, let's say, cheating uh, or foreign objects being used, uh, you know, trying, you know, stuff that would be disqualifications. They don't do a lot on the, the Dynamite show uh, for a reason. I don't know if the refs are green dealing with this stuff, especially like on a, on a pay-per-view caliber thing like this where the wrestlers are all fired up. Uh, I don't know. Who am I to say? Uh, but it was noticeable here. Uh, and I'm not going to single out any ref. Uh, but the tag matches especially were, uh, were rough. Okay, that's that's constructive criticism. That's me as a viewer saying, hey, uh, I'd be uh, these are things I noticed that took me out of the match just because I'm like, well, why wouldn't the ref? Yeah, whatever. All right. 
JR reminds viewers to wear their damn masks. And that goes uh, for all of you as well. Uh, you know, I'm up here in Manitoba where we've had 10 going on 11 days, uh, knock on wood, with no uh, new COVID uh, cases at all. Uh, we're still testing, like a thousand people a day or something like that. Not finding anybody. Uh, and it's, when we did have people, it was very few community spread. It was all people coming back from here or there. So we did well up here. Um, but even then, if me and my wife go out, we go to the grocery store or something, you throw on a damn mask. Uh, it's not it's not a huge deal. This this virus is awful. You don't want it. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how much more that can be stressed. Uh, it does irreparable damage to your lungs. Down the line, if you get a pneumonia or something, apparently it's we're, we're going to, you know, tinfoil hat or not. Uh, not a lot is known about this other than it exists and people get either very sick from it or not sick at all. So protect your damn selves. How about that? All right. That's my PSA portion of the podcast. Tonight, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, Le Champion. Nyla Rose in action with a special announcement to follow. Dark Order, Brody, Lee, Colt Cabana, and Stu Grayson versus SCU, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio Sky. Then we got Young Bucks teaming up with FTR versus The Butcher and Blade and The Lucha Bros. And Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts uh, versus Joey Janela. And that's coming up next. Uh, so Joey Janela enters first. Uh, this Lance Archer just uh, kind of attacked unprovoked uh, a few dynamites ago and set this match up. Uh, it, this was fine uh, in terms of, of a Joey Janela-Lance Archer match. Sure. Uh, and it told the story, which you might not expect these two men to do. Uh, Joey enters first. Lance enters carrying Sonny Kiss, uh, Joey Janela's new tag partner, and just tosses Sonny at Joey. Uh, which is great, because uh, obviously Lance's gimmick, enter, uh, just beating up a jobber. Uh, starts stomping uh, him in and out of the ring, uh, Lance does. Joey uh, fights back with a flying elbow and pulls out a table and chair and goes to the top rope. Ref Paul Turner threatens to disqualify him. Way to go, Paul Turner. You need you in those uh, tag matches, if, if you weren't already. It's hard to remember. Uh, enough time passes for Lance to recover and attack. Um, whoop. Uh, during the commercial break, Lance boots Sonny Kiss in the stomach and throws Joey over one barricade and onto another. Quick distraction by Sonny Kiss. Joey fires up on Lance with some huge strikes. JR recommends going for the legs, which he does. Uh, we, we are told here that Taz has a huge announcement, and that's still to come. Good to know. Uh, Joey off the ropes. Lance counters and puts him in the blackout. Joey counters the blackout uh, with like a like an arm drag or something. What, what, what the hell do you call it? Uh... Goes for the pin. An angry Jake tells Lance to finish this quick. Uh, I like that. Lance likes to... He, he's dominating. He likes to play with his food, though, especially in a wrestling match. When he's beating up masked uh, luchadors in a field, he's just feeding them shots. And, the, you know, there's no end to that. There's no finish. Uh, here, when he knows the pin means I have to, you know, I should stop beating this man up, he wants to he wants to stretch the, the match out. Uh, Jake, you know, he's like, it's wrestling, dumbass. Uh, Jake, so Jake starts to enter the ring with a bag, with presumably a snake in it. Uh, yeah. Wait, so so Lance tries to lift Joey, and eats a super kick and bicycle knee strike. Uh, and then Jake tries to enter with a bag with a snake in it, and then the ref, Paul Turner, uh, turns his back, uh, to Joey and Lance, with Lance being down, like, Lance didn't have the advantage here. And Jake tried to distract the ref? I, anyways... Joey and Sonny both get to hit moves on Lance here and beat the shit out of him behind the ref's back, and then Jake leaves the side of the ring. He distracted the ref for the wrong... I don't know if that's what was intended, 
but it was funny. Uh, near fall on Lance, Joey uh, gives him too much time to recover, and Lance hits the blackout on Joey uh, to the table outside the ring. One, two, three. Lance wins. This was pretty okay. I was uh, listen. The bar was set low uh, for Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, and I was like, oh, that was a wrestling match. Uh, you know, Joey, the babyface, sets up a table on the outside of the ring and gets put through it. Good stuff. Uh, video from Darby Allen. He's practicing his coffin drops as we see him take a 30-foot drop into a foam pit. And that was the it of that. That was the it of that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Taz and Brian Cage in the ring. Man, Brian Cage. Guys, chipped from marble and steroids and looking great. They're in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Taz puts over... Uh, Brian Cage uh, in the match next week against Moxley, uh, which will take place at Fight for the Fallen. Uh, he then reveals what he's carrying. It's the FTW World Championship, which I'm to understand is a championship from 1999 from ECW. Uh, and it was basically like the fans championship. Uh, I believe the, is it Fuck the World Championship? I don't know. But Taz used to carry this thing around. Andrew was trying to give me a quick history lesson on this on Friday. And I was busy. Uh... And, uh, yeah, it's never, it's never been actually officially recognized by a promotion, I guess, until now. Uh, and he bestows it upon Brian Cage. Wrestling fans worldwide respect the man who carries this championship. Uh, he gives the championship to Cage some renegade shit brother. Uh, sure, this is weird. Uh, I feel like it would be way more heelish for Brian Cage to be bestowed this after losing to Moxley next week. Now it's, like, does Moxley get that championship if he beats Brian Cage? Will Brian Cage be a two champ? I'm fine with introducing another championship, especially one like this, which is like the Renegade Championship that you can uh, put on a guy like Brian Cage. Um, but it was a weird time to announce it, straight up. Uh, it's odd that you would... A guy going into a championship match, you give him... I don't know. Weird. Taz is great, as always. Uh, Eight-man tag, Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade enter in FTR's truck. Uh, here comes Young Bucks and FDR. Pentagon removes his glove and tosses it at Dax, uh, who asks to be tagged in. Cash puts on the glove and wears it for most of the match. Uh, now, don't blink, because holy shit, uh, this match is insane. Uh, moves, tags, action. Ah! Butcher goes to pin Nick Jackson and isn't the legal man. Allows Nick to recover, uh, which I don't think was intentional. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Nick uh, legal jump to one rope, jump to two ropes, huge Frankensteiner to Ray. I have to reiterate what this was uh they get in the corner both men jump nearly simultaneously onto the second rope brett's rope if you will and then up to the top rope at the same time and then immediately huge frankensteiner uh f from nick jackson young bucks and fdr are working together without any dissension uh so the whole idea here would be well these two guys have this rivalry uh but what ends up happening is they're they're doing moves with each other they're you know tagging in and out properly these are if these are to be the two top premier uh, tag tag teams in the world, Young Bucks, arguably FTR. Hmm. Uh, this is a really neat, uh, you know, long term story to tell. That hey, they they work really well together. Um, they there's maybe a mutual respect uh, between them. So Siri is trying to listen to me. Practice FTR really neat. Okay, cool. She uh, she did like an alternate take. You know when you read like YouTube. Uh, subtitles or you read the transcript and they used to be awful and they would just be fun to read because of the words that we get wrong Siri still does that all right uh so we get matt destroys uh butcher and blade and clears the ring uh i love the butcher and blade are just in this match i was laughing uh 
at, at people kind of putting over this match and mentioning six of these men. Uh, and then also, Butcher and Blade were there. Uh, clears the ring top rope to the outside. You know our feelings on Butcher and Blade on this podcast. Uh, top rope to the outside on Butcher and Blade. Inside, on Ray. Pin, kick out. Uh, Blade tags in. Matt, super kick, fake. Dax flies in with a DDT right in front of the ref. Dax was not tagged. Uh, and things get wild again. Things just start to brawl and break down in this match. Uh, Wheeler and Nick hit a Midnight Express on Ray. That's right. Dax Wheeler and Nick Jackson hit a Midnight Express on Ray. Uh, Nick and Dax uh, with a spike pile driver on Blade. Near fall Pentagon pulls Dax out of the ring. Young Bucks and FTR tag everyone in for a four-man spot on Blade. Poor Blade. Uh, Ray Phoenix breaks up the pin at four. I have written here. It was... Uh, Ray Phoenix had to get to the top rope and did a splash to break up the pin. And he was... Uh, like six feet off the mat when this ref was already an inch off the ground counting three. So uh, Matt and Pentagon, legal men, face off in the ring, shot for shot. Ray Phoenix uh, off, a, off a downed Pentagon here, gives Matt a Canadian destroyer over the top rope and into the crowd. Has to be seen to be believed, people. Uh, Matt is isolated, isolated for the LB driver from Pentagon. And uh, Ray, one, two, three, Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade win. L Lucha Bros win. Uh, so yeah. Young Bucks take the pin here. Pentagon gets the win. Uh, it's going to be FDR and Lucha Bros next week, which should also be fantastic. Uh, this is great. FTR. So it all comes down. So people complain. One of the complaints I heard that I was talking about earlier in this podcast uh, about AW and what what it's got is uh, lots of gimmicks. Um, over the top, like fighting game characters. And uh, personally, that's why I fucking watch it. Uh, <laughs> and the idea of the Lucha Bros fighting FTR, who's not about flips, you know that the, the, the Luchador is going to be flipping at him and stuff like that, and they're just going to be shutting them down with slams and, and chops and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's a meshing of styles. That'll be great. Um, just saying. Uh, variety is the spice of life. It's w where the puck is going. Let's get there. All right. Big Swole shows up in the parking lot. Is told by Alex Marvez she won't be allowed into the arena is served papers uh, from, from a lady who's there. Uh, Britt Baker's behind this. Uh, she's been charged with kidnapping. Swole drove three and a half hours and is very mad they couldn't have called or faxed or emailed her. Uh, Big Swole's very likable. Uh, she's very natural in her delivery here, showing up. Uh, she's great, I think. I think I like Big Swole. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Nyla Rose appears. It's a 2v1 handicap match against Kenzie Page. Our girl on this uh, on this podcast. If we have boys, we can also have girls. And it's Kenzie Page. Uh, and Killian King. Uh, champion Hikaru Shida looks on. A cowardly king tags in Page, who is immediately leveled by Nyla. Suplexes, spears, slaps one girl with the other. <laughs> fucking dominating performance. Beast bombs Page onto King and pins them both. This is a great showing for, for Nyla Rose. Uh, what's better than one squash match? Squashing two people at once, I think, is the the answer. Uh, this was fantastic. Good job, Nyla. I'm I'm just I'm just big on that show. This show uh, right now, for whatever reason, it was a, it was a highlight in my week that I got to watch some cool wrestling. Uh, Nyla grabs a mic. Actions speak louder than words. My actions tonight speak for themselves. She says she knows a lot of people with managers have championships, uh, and will have a, a surprise for us soon. So Nyla's looking for a manager. Please don't be Vicky Guerrero, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a little bit of something false in her statement here. Cody has a manager, Arn Anderson. He's a champion. Uh, Sheeta does not have a manager. Brian Cage has a championship that isn't recognized by the company, but I guess technically has a manager and didn't until uh, fucking 10 minutes ago. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, Kenny and, and Adam Page don't have a manager. Uh, and Moxley kind of in the business for himself. So Cody has a championship and he is a manager. And uh, so I'm going to get a manager too, is more accurately what she she said, said. But I don't know. It's a weird way to go because Nyla's clearly a dominating wrestler. Um, and, you know, 1v1 will always be a threat uh, in, in this division. Uh, the division, speaking of which, uh, so we had Penelope Ford uh, kind of at ringside during this, cheering on Nyla. So heels of a feather flock together, sure. Uh, but then I was thinking before, if Britt Baker and Big Swole are a thing... Uh, who's challenging Sheeta next? I guess it would be Rose again, like a rematch uh, with with Rose having a match. Do they trade the belt back again? I guess we'll see. Am I interested in the women's division in AEW? Maybe a little bit. Uh, we were backstage with Colt Cabana, who has a huge hematoma from the barricade spot last week. This, and later on, Orange Cassidy enters with his crusty, bloody shirt from last week. And then I realized, I'm like, this isn't last week. This is three hours apart. Like They, they recorded these back to back. So something, Colt ate a barricade shot to his ribs uh, in the match, I guess, last week. And he's just got this huge bruise. And it looks awful. Uh, and they work it into the match. Uh, hopefully he was well enough to work the match. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Brody Lee is there. Uh, ensures him that this shit won't happen again with him watching his back. And hypes him up for the six man. You gotta get ready. And Cole Cabana seems a little reluctant due to his injury. But does so. Dark Order, Cole Cabana, Brody Lee, and Stu Grayson versus SCU, Frankie Kazarian, Chris Daniel, Scorpio Sky. Additional Dark members, uh, Dark members, Dark Order members are hanging out on the ramp, including Evil Uno and a bunch of guys with numbers for names. Uh, Chris Daniels and Frankie go to work on Stu pretty quickly here in the match. Uh, Pele kick from Stu to Frankie, stop selling and tags in Colt Cabana. <laughs> Colt in a lot of pain selling his ribs. A cheap shot from Grayson brings all six men into the ring. Uh, back from uh, Grayson, who's not the legal man. I forgot that this match was also a tag match and had a lot of that. A lot of just, hey, I threw you in the corner and right in front of the ref, I'm just going to hit you real quick, even though I'm not the legal man. And the ref does nothing. Okay, we're back from commercial break. Stu Grayson with a beautiful frog splash and is generally good all match. I feel like we've been denied Stu Grayson here uh, as, as a guy working maybe without Evil Uno. Um, usually Stu Grayson gets a lot of the heat on him and then the hot tag goes to Evil Uno as the man doesn't, uh, in his form, wrestle as much as Stu usually in a match. Uh, but I, I don't watch a lot of Dark, uh, so I haven't admittedly seen a lot of Stu Grayson. But if this match is any indication... He's a very good wrestler, aside from the aforementioned, oh, it's time to tag out. I'm not hurt anymore. Uh, a boot to Colt and a neckbreaker from Scorpio Sky. Uh, Colt is 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 dying here with his injury. He tags in Brody. Scorpio swaps with Frankie. Brody, Frankie Kazarian is a fucking phenomenal pro wrestler. Uh, I think I've said it a few weeks ago when he fought Moxley or whatever. That was one of the best bread and butter pro wrestling matches uh, on AEW in, in memory. I do agree with that. Uh, Brody is very powerful. He's kicking out of big moves at one or two. He looks like an absolute monster. Uh, it's not that he doesn't sell. Uh, he just, he's got that long HP and stamina bar, man. Uh, Brody and Chris Daniels battle outside the ring is clear aside from Chris Daniels and Grayson now. Colt breaks up a pin on Grayson and distracted. Chris Daniels is laid out. Brody asks Stu to tag in Colt so he can get the pin. Boom, boom. Very happy. Uh, he's undefeated as a member of the Dark Order. So good for Cole Cabana. We're, uh, we're back to uh, the Big Swole thing. She is now inside in a disguise. She confronts Brit and Reba, or Rebel. Uh, she throws, a garba uh, throws garbage at Reba, who flinches and clocks Brit in the nose for a broken nose spot. And she screams like a banshee, and that's all we see from them, the show. Fine. 
Orange Cassidy versus Chris motherfucking Jericho. Orange Cassidy with best friends wearing same bloody shirt at, from quote unquote last week, which I liked as a character thing. Just didn't change his shirt, didn't wash it in, in kayfabe. It's been seven days. He's been wearing this crusty shirt. Orange Cassidy sends his boys to the back, or at least I thought, uh, with a limp fist bump. Orange Cassidy's solo entrance music needs work, I think. I think he needs something a little cooler, a little more laid back. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Le Champion, Chris Jericho enters with Santana and Ortiz who are carrying jugs of orange juice. Cassidy, hands in pockets, delivers a headbutt immediately to Chris Jericho and dodges everything Jericho throws at him, dives on Chris Jericho outside the ring and starts tossing him into barricades. JR puts Orange over for being focused. JR will put you over. Um, JR has, has notoriously been kind of like ho-hum on, on the, the gimmick of Orange Cassidy, but an Orange Cassidy here who is fired up and does the little comedy bits in between, uh, JR appears, appears to be okay with. It's a pro wrestling match. Orange Cassidy opened this pro wrestling match with a fucking headbutt. Let's go. Jericho reverses swinging DDT with a lion tamer. Orange Cassidy crawls towards the ropes where Santana Ortiz madball him as Chris Jericho distracts referee Aubrey Edwards. Chris uh, Jericho covers. Orange Cassidy kicks out at one. Jericho mocks Orange Cassidy, slaps and clubs him in the ring. Cassidy back up inside cradle. Jericho gets out of it. <laughs> Orange Cassidy tries another unorthodox pin and Jericho kicks out, tossing Orange Cassidy out of the ring and hits him with a running slide kick. Turn page over. My notes are on another page. Jericho continues to dismantle Orange Cassidy all through the commercial break, catches him in an abdominal stretch, which I'll be honest with you, uh, where I have like pain and like, you know, you go like, in your shoulder blades or whatever. I wish someone would abdominal stretch me. That'd be great. Like Big Show just comes over and just gives me a little... Ugh. I say Big Show because I'm like 6'3", so I don't think Chris Jericho would... Uh, effectively do it um uh, jericho grabs the rope which provides some advantage uh d during an abdominal stretch you grab the rope you get more torque somehow i don't uh aubrey gets mad at him for not breaking the hold and uh, puts herself over with a little kick to chris jericho's arm uh to the outside again santana and ortiz taunt a downed cassidy orange cassidy fires up with a flurry of shots on jericho brett's rope hurricane rana uh puts his hands in his pockets and does the uh the little kick a little like kick spot and Jericho like is like oh good I have a breather while this guy does his stupid shtick except the last kick is a devastating super kick uh and um that's a near fall on Jericho and now the near falls begin the men battled on the top row Cassidy takes the air from the top rope slams Jericho and gets another near fall Orange Cassidy splashes to the outside onto Jericho and his friends back in the ring a diving DDT from Orange Cassidy Jericho kicks out again Cassidy fires up, staring at his fist, charging the Superman punch, as it were, except not doing that stupid Roman Reigns uh, cock the shotgun thing. Mm. Coffee, you know what I'm talking about? Jericho catches him uh, in a mid-Superman punch. Lion Tamer pulls him away from the rope. Jericho catches Cassidy a couple times with the Superman punch, and it would be in Jericho's character to do that much research. Uh, that he's hit by every other move Orange Cassidy brings at him, but the Superman punch Jericho has scouted. That is his finisher. I will make sure I don't get hit by that. Great. I'm reading between the lines there, but that, that seemed to be the story here. Um, Cassidy rolls underneath Jericho after he's unable to get a rope break and cradles him for a near fall. Both men are down. Uh, Orange Cassidy is splashed in the face with orange juice and the best friends arrive to punish the offenders. Uh, proud and powerful Santana Ortiz. A bat shot to Cassidy while Aubrey Edwards' uh, face is turned. Codebreaker, but Cassidy manages to kick out of this. Michinoku driver from Cassidy. Jericho kicks out of that. The men trade shots. Stun dog millionaire. Cassidy hits the swinging DDT. Jericho kicks out. Cassidy goes for the Superman punch again, caught by Jericho, this time with the Judas effect. And we all know what that means. One, two, three. 
Orange Cassidy is pinned by Le Champion Chris Jericho. Fantastic match. Absolutely. Is it like the best ever? Is it one of Chris Jericho, as Chris Jericho put it, one of the best matches of my career? If he feels that way, good for him. Um, but this was, I like both guys here. Uh, I like Orange Cassidy. It's been, been said before. Uh, this whole show was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, NXT, the counter-programming of NXT. Uh, Adam Cole dropped the NXT championship to Keith Lee in a, a championship versus championship bout. Uh, what that means for Adam Cole in terms of going up to the main roster and what have you, I don't know. Uh, but I know Reed's a big fan of his. And see where he he fits in. I mean, we can have Adam Cole fight AJ Styles. You know, Daniel Bryan's going to come back into that picture at some point. There's going to be a lot of dream matches between guys who are under six feet tall. Uh, and Adam Cole is under six feet tall. Don't believe the tale of the tape, which I think built him at six feet flat. Uh, anyway, uh, nothing. Not there's anything wrong with that, of course. It's hey man, it's 2020. We got listen. That fighting game roster has never been more diverse. Uh, and we're better for it. It's, listen, the the diversity of characters, of, of people, shapes, sizes, stories being told now, uh, I'm into it. And you know what? It's been four months without crowds. Uh, and I've kind of normalized it. I'm used to watching this wrestling product now without it. And I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I, I, you know, they're looking to get people back in, in arenas in a month and a half in September or something like that. Like I said earlier in this show. Uh, if you, if it can be safe, if you can guarantee that, yes, go for it. But you are tempting fate doing stuff like that. But everybody stay safe out there. It's Saturday. Have a great weekend, wherever your weekend takes you. Wrestling's fun. Go check out, uh, Floor is Lava. If you want to interact with the show, at Tits Iceberg is us on Twitter. Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com is our, uh, my email address anyway. You can comment, leave a topic, anything you want us to talk about, anywhere you see this podcast posted. Thank you all for joining me by my lonesome here Saturday morning. Uh, and yeah, we'll see if we can get Reed on the show next week to talk at least a little bit about UFC for those who are interested about it. If you want more mixed martial arts content, uh, on this show, let us know. Uh, cause I will put the bug in Reed's ear that he needs to maybe take some notes and give us uh, more detailed breakdowns. I like hearing about it. I don't like watching UFC, uh, but I'll, I'll hear from him the, the stories and the things that come out of it. Um, absolutely. hundred percent. I will. I promise. Uh, and that's the Sultans of Slam and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam.